Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week. Coming up today, we'll see why SpiceJet's flights to the US are unusual, and Tom will tell us about the longest A350 flight yet. News of a vaccine prompts IATA to predict a turn to the better in late 2021. But will all airlines survive? And I'll take a look at how Lufthansa is upgrading the economy experience. Finally, I'll tell you about the brand new Icelandic airline that turned out to be an art project. So now you know what's in store. Let's get on with the show. Cool. I think uh, I'll kick it off today, Tom. Go for Um, it. I wanted to talk about SpiceJet's plans to fly to America, um, which, you know, it's been talking about for some time and Actually, since, um, you know, Indian aviation has begin to pick, begun to pick up again, there's been a few sort of route announcements and, and new carriers arriving in London and things like that. So, it's nothing really out of the ordinary to hear that SpiceJet's filed with the Department of Transportation for permission mm. for their flights. Um, and a uh, key thing to this, it wants to fly PPE um, you know, for cargo flights and also repatriation passenger flights under the Van de Barrett mission. So, mm. you know, it was given permission by Indian authorities back in July to become a scheduled carrier operating on that route. Um, and back then, we kind of assumed that it would be using an Airbus A330 to make the trip. Um, uh, won't it's it been, be? Well, it's been using a couple. It's been using an Oman Air widebody for its London flights. And there's been talk about it leasing a, an A330neo from HiFly. Um, but last week, its filing with the US DOT indicates that it has applied for permission to operate these flights, not with an A330, but with its own Boeing 737s. <laughs> so, a okay. uh, bit of a crazy plan, we thought. Um, so, yeah, it wants to fly to New York's JFK airport from Delhi using its 737-700, 737-800 cargo planes and some 737-800 passenger aircraft. Um, so, the filing in total relates to one seven hundred and five of the eight hundreds. Hmm. Um, Can they get that far? <laughs> no. <laughs> so the seven three seven eight hundred. Yeah, it's got a range of I think it's around five thousand seven hundred kilometres. So clearly hmm. that's not far enough. Um, so we're looking at your know, classic milk run sort of flight here. If if this is the plan, um, you know maybe it would be travelling in one direction at least fairly empty. But hmm. you know at least one leg of the journey is going to involve several stops, and we can imagine at least three along the way. Um, so from Delhi, we reckon it would need to stop in the Middle East or Turkey. Um, given the high costs of the airports in the Middle East, we reckon it would be Turkey and probably um, the second, or what's the second airport now, Sabia Gokun. Mm. Um, and then it would probably need another stop in Europe somewhere. Um, somewhere like maybe Shannon would be a good pick, I'd say. It's about as far west as you can go without leaving the continent. Um, and from there, I reckon if the plane was empty, the trip to JFK would be possible in one go. Um, but coming back, and certainly if it was loaded, it would need to make another stop. Um, you know, that could be Iceland, maybe. You know, Reykjavik mm. is a popular kind of hot point between the, in the mid-Atlantic or maybe even somewhere in Newfoundland, like Gander or something. Um, so, yeah, it would be a crazy, crazy route and not very pleasant for the passengers, I would imagine, with, uh, you know, takeoffs and landings and lots of kind of hanging about on aprons while it gets refueled and what have you. Mm. Um, 
But there was a note in the filing that might mean it's not planning to operate the 737 at all, actually. Um, there was a bit that said, subject to appropriate authorizations, it may start operations of charter flights through a wet lease arrangement at the outset and then transition to its own fleet thereafter. So reading through the, the flowery language that's uh, in that phrase. I think it, what they're saying is they've put 737s on the form because that's what it's got. Yeah. Um, but in reality, it's more likely to go ahead with a wet lease wide body instead. So we could, in fact, see the Oman Air A330 or even the high, high fly Neo on this mm on this route, um, which would make an awful lot more sense than the 737. But yeah. uh, we should know soon because throughout the form, SpiceJet was really pressing for a decision from the DOT as soon as possible. Um, you know, they, they really are keen to get these flights underway very soon. So we may know pretty soon. And of course, we'll update our uh, simple flying readers with the hmm. latest info. So while the Boeing 737 may not be able to fly quite that far, one aircraft that can is the Airbus A350. And um, the A350 is sort of known for operating the world's longest scheduled commercial flight between Singapore and New York. But actually, so far to date, the longest commercial flight, I believe, was the Qantas London to Sydney um, from last year, which was 19 hours and 17 minutes or something like that. Wow. Um, but... Sort of recently, we've been looking a lot at um, the first non-commercial A380, A350, which is, um, as we like to call it, Merkel One, the first um, <laughs> German. Well, it's actually the third German Air Force A350, but that's the one that they got first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, the weekend before last, it went on an outing, but it didn't just sort of um, go on a hop down the shops, you know. Um, it went slightly longer haul and. Um, while many Australians are struggling to get back to Australia, the German Air Force didn't struggle at all getting into the country. Um, because, <laughs> <Funny that. laughs> yeah, I know, it's crazy. This thing departed from um, Cologne Airport at 12.21 on um, the Friday two weeks ago. And it flew for 19 hours and 13 minutes before landing in the Australian capital of Canberra at 17.34 the next day. Not Sydney. Not Sydney, no. Uh, Canberra. Um, <laughs> I always get that wrong in pub quizzes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a one of those things that catches people out. Um, but then it didn't just fly straight back to um, Cologne. After um, the trip to Canberra, it hopped across to the French Polynesian capital of Papiti, uh, cool. which I've probably butchered as. I do with every non-English place name. Um, but, I mean, you, you're well aware of this um, place because um, you were writing about the domestic flights to France from there earlier this year. With the That's right, um, yeah, the world's longest domestic flights, I believe. <laughs> yeah, because, um, well, interestingly, um, that was uh, when French B did that, that, they did that with a, um, A352. Um, so that sort of shows you that a fully loaded A350 can get from... Um, French Polynesia to Paris, but um, then the Air Force went ahead and proved that you could get from French, po French Polynesia to Cologne. Um, <laughs> so all in all, this aircraft was away for two or three days, and it literally did a circumnavigation of the globe, which... That's really cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and was Mama Merkel on board? No, she wasn't. Um, uh oh It's... The aircraft still technically isn't... Um, 
it's it's still going for its um, certification, military certification flights, um, not sort of on an Airbus side of things, but um, the German military sort of going through, checking that everything works, uh, everything is as they like. Um, so this was part of that. Um, but soon it will be hopefully carrying Merkel or her successors um, around mm. the world along with its sisters. Um, and that finally means that we can get rid of that aging A340 that's just constantly oh, sat on the ground. Conrad Adenauer, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've probably butchered that name too. But <laughs> I just, I can never get over that. That plane just seems like the world's most useless A340, I think. <laughs> It's let her down a few times. Well, not yeah. just Mrs. Merkel, but a, a lot of your uh, politicians have mm. become stuck or stranded or delayed because of the uh, unreliable then, Conrad Adenauer and his brother. So. And then they'll just fly on like Iberia in business class, which kind of defeats <laughs> the whole point of having the plane in the first place. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to seeing this aircraft getting some use. I'd love to see it come into Frankfurt. Um, so if anyone from the Luftwaffe is listening to our podcast, <laughs> Podcast, um, there's an idea for you. <laughs> Let Tom know so he can be ready with his camera. Yeah. But uh, no, it's a very beautiful aircraft. I think it's really a nice looking A350 as well, and the livery is mm. perfect for, for its job. So uh, yeah, be pleased to see it one day. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of people hate the livery and I mean at first I did but it's it's really growing on me. I just love how you've got the German flag stripe, and yeah. especially on the wingtips. It's very cool. I do mm. like it. I, th I have to say, I probably like it more than our uh, A330 or M MRTT, whatever it is. You could, you'd like a white plane more than that, I think. <laughs> it's a bit garish, but there we go. <laughs> I've been trying to avoid COVID, but we have had some really good news in the last sort of week or so. Um, mm. And I'm sure that all our listeners are aware there's some really positive advancements being made with a vaccine, um, which, of course, is going to have a huge impact for travel and how 2021 plans out for our airlines. So mm. it's worth just touching on. And I listened to a really interesting um sort of synopsis by IATA, which is obviously the International Air Transport Association last week. Um, and they were looking kind of at how this year's been and how next year is going to pan out. Um, so the overall message is that the vaccine news has renewed the hope in a better outcome for next year, but it's obviously mm. going to take some time before we see the impact of this. Obviously, it's a, a huge job to get the vaccine out to everybody and to kind of build up that herd immunity that's going to be so important coming out of this crisis. So, um Next year, IATA says we're still looking at a historical loss in terms of airline revenue, but there is going to be a bump in air travel demand thanks to the vaccine. And he's predicting, or their, their chief economist is predicting, by the fourth quarter of next year, we'll start to see some impact on um, the way people are travelling and how airlines are responding. Um, so for this year, to put it in perspective, the total net loss for the airline industry has been pegged at $118.5 billion. So massive, you know, historically massive. 2021, the losses are going to be huge as well, but a lot less at a predicted $38.7 billion. Hmm. Um, so, you know, IAT is saying that the vaccine, alongside increased testing at airports, it's all going to lead to the opening of borders and an increase of an estimated billion passengers over the course of next year. Um, it says that airlines will 
will be able to stop burning cash and that some could even become cash positive by the end of 2021. I mean, However, is that I'm soon enough of, is the question. <laughs> it's interesting because I was writing about um, Berlin's new airport earlier today and they reckon for 2021 they'll only have 30% of their sort of I would say pre-COVID levels, but they never really had pre-COVID levels because the airport no, wasn't open. Wasn't open. <laughs> but, um, they're only thinking about thirty percent of right. traffic, and I think that's I think that's very pessimistic. You know, like it it obviously yeah. does depend. But if you look at the sort of recovery that Europe had late summer, that was already doing pretty well. When the borders well. started to open, I yeah. think there's a huge amount of pent up demand. Hmm. Um, the issue here is that the recovery is. If it does come, it's going to be later in the year. Um, mm. You know, we're still going to be struggling probably through next summer. Um, you know, it's still going to be a lot lower than it should be. And the issue here is that IATA reckons, on average, airlines have got eight and a half months of cash liquidity left. Mm. And that's based on the cash burn rate for the second half of this year. So some have got significantly more, but you know there was an interesting chart where there's an awfully long tail of airlines with significantly less than that. You know, some mm. as little as a couple of months of cash liquidity left. So I wonder how long um, 10 billion euros lasts you as an airline. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not all that long uh, when you consider all the fixed costs they've got. You know, it's mm. a it's a pretty dire situation. So you know, IATA is warning we could still see some airlines fail, although we seem to have got through this first year relatively unscathed. Mm. Um, you know, we're not out of the woods yet by a long way. And they're calling, as usual, on governments to step up and, and give money to their air carriers, but in a way yeah. that doesn't add to the huge amounts of debt that airlines have taken on. You know, this mm. is going to be a huge issue for years to come that so many airlines are now far more indebted than they ever have been before. Yeah. And they've got to service those debts, which will be reflected in ticket prices. But mm. that's analysis for another day. So I just really, yeah, I just really wanted to kind of summarise that and uh, you know, I do think we're going to need to see some further bailouts from governments um, by the end of the winter if all the airlines are going to survive, because it's still going to be a very tricky summer mm. next year. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, I can talk a bit about that that 10 billion euro um, airline now. Um, what Go I found yeah. really interesting this week... Um, what I, what I found really interesting actually was, um, so Lufthansa started this new trial on its um, 787, 747-8s. Uh, um, what I think firstly is very interesting about it is um, we haven't really seen um, a press release about it from Lufthansa. They've kind of kept it quite under wraps, but obviously you know these things come out and everyone's um, discussing them. What the airline is doing is, on its 747-8s, um, it's adopting the sort of um, philosophy of turning a row of seats into a bed. Um, and this has been done by sort of many other airlines. ANA calls it Couchy. Um, Lufthansa, um, oh, sorry, Air New Zealand calls it Sky Couch. Um, all of this. I mean, even Thomas Cook and uh, June did it before they got wrapped up. Um, so it's kind of like an interesting one. But basically, for $260... Um, passengers will either get a row of four or three seats, depending on if it's in the middle or um, by a window, um, and they'll have that whole space to themselves. Um, so even when they're not laying down, they still have the free seats. Um, and then what happens is that they get like a sort of foam mattress, um, the thin foam mattress, um, 
and sort of a blanket that you'd find in business class, um, that sort of quality. And they, for that, they can sort of lay down, relax um, and sleep. And for the time being, it is being trialed on only one route, which is the route to Sao Paulo from Frankfurt. So um, yeah. it's, it's sort which of like a very... Which is quite a long sm- flight. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I think it's the perfect flight to trial it on because in both directions, it's a night flight um, Yeah. due to the timing. Um, and you can't book it online. So if you are flying on a 747-8 to Sao Paulo um, and you're interested, your first opportunity to book it will be at the check-in desk and it's sort of subject to availability first come first serve so if somebody else has bought all the seats or if the seat the plane is packed full then yeah um, you're I out guess of luck. it depends on the load factor yeah. I mean to me this seems like a bit of uh, interesting marketing because mm. you know chances are if the flight's quite lightly loaded you could just stretch out across the seats anyway I mean sure you wouldn't have your blanket and mattress yeah. but many of us have slept you know lying across a, a row of economy seats without yeah, having to pay for the Ryan privilege before so, even so yeah exactly yeah. so uh, it's it's an interesting way to make a bit of money out of the fact that the yeah. plane's not full I think I mean well it's an interesting one because when you if you do it on um, say a New Zealand or ANA for example the point of that is you pre-book it and then you're guaranteed you have that so yeah um, especially at this sort of time of not that many people traveling it's like is it really worth it but um, I mean we'll have to see if it's if it's successful that I'm sure they'll roll it um, out across more flights and then I guess the reason you can't pre-book it at the moment is because um, they don't have the infrastructure I mean they're not even letting me pre-book baggage on my flight because apparently right. they don't have the digital infrastructure to allow that um, oh so I've got to do that at the check-in and I can understand if you can't even add baggage to some bookings then there's no way that they're suddenly going to come up with this <laughs> way to seats, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm sure if the trial does go well then it will get rolled out, um, mm. especially at this sort of time when airlines are looking sort of anything to make money, you know, like yeah. BA has been selling the silverware. Um, <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> um, well, I, I think they didn't actually sell any silverware, but you know what I mean. And um, Yeah, absolutely. Hopping these flights everything. to nowhere. So, I mean, well, the great thing about this is the seats are already going from Frankfurt to um, Sao Paulo. So if they don't sell it, they're not losing any money. Um, yeah, it's just a, a win-win if they do sell it because then the passenger gets a comfy bed. I don't know if if it's comfy, the passenger gets a bed um, <laughs> and Lufthansa gets some more cash in its pockets. Um, yeah, so, it's interesting. It's definitely a, a bit of innovation in a, in a crisis. Mm. So good for them. I mean, I'd potentially give it a go, but um, also I'm thinking, well, some of the prices that you'll see on like, um, other carriers makes you wonder is it worth just buying a business class seat <laughs> yeah I guess the pricing is uh, mm. what it's going to come down to yeah cool so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, an airline that turned out to not be quite what was expected yeah. you need to talk about <laughs> this because I have like nothing nice to say about it <laughs> <laughs> So, when we heard about this announcement of a new Icelandic airline, it was going to be called Momair, M-O-M-Air, mm. and was basically the branding was just Wowair's logo turned upside down. Mm. So, we were a bit sceptical, to no, be no, honest. No, 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 it was completely different, remember? Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely the same. So, um, you know... Iceland is famous for kind of launching carriers, or it has become so in the last 12 months. You know, we've had WOW 2.0 and Play, for example. Yeah. So, famous for 
trying to launch carriers, I'd say yeah. maybe not actually <laughs> launching them because we've Definitely. seen all these new ones, but none of them we have, have actually, actually gained them any. Fly yet. No. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were a little bit skeptical, but it wasn't entirely unbelievable. Although, you know, as we read a bit more into the airline, things started to smell a bit off. Um, so Tom and I went along to their press conference. It was like a virtual online thing, streamed on 40 Facebook Live. 40 minutes of my and, life that I will yeah, never get back. <laughs> we got to jump on the Zoom call so we could yeah. ask questions as well. Um, but it was more out of curiosity than anything else because yeah. we were having our doubts about the uh, authenticity of this uh, this so-called new airline. And we have to say, when we arrived at the press conference, the setup was fairly believable. You know, you had a nice banner backdrop and, and a conference-style table with a tablecloth and his conference coffee cup and everything and pringles um, and stacks of pringles yeah I, I never did see what that was all about but uh, anyway as the press conference went on it became clear that this airline was a little bit stinky um mm. the first thing that really flagged it to us was that he said toilet rolls and hand soap would not be provided and that passengers should bring them all uh, their mm. own in their hand luggage and the thing that really stood out to me, and I only got this when I reread the transcript afterwards, he said that um, to care for the environment, passengers should bring multi-use toilet yeah. wipes. I mean, what is a multi-use toilet wipe? I'm sorry, I'm not rinsing and reusing my toilet paper. That's mm. not happening. Um, and then it kind of got worse from there because then he started talking about life vests, which uh, the founder of this airline claims only provides psychological comfort. Um, and he said, we aim to sell our own life vests that will be reusable. You'll be able to use them on your vacation. You can take them to the pool or the beach. You can take them on a boat trip and you can bring them on the plane. So mm. the airline wasn't going to provide any life vests, um, which I don't think the regulators would uh, be very happy with if that was true for a start. Mm. Um, and then dear Tom asked about airport slots because the CEO yeah. had indicated that their first flights would be to London Heathrow and would be starting as soon as March. And as we all know, he throws the devil to get slots out at the best of times, even now. Um, so Tom asked about these and he gave a very kind of <laughs> nondescript well, answer. I would. That's kind of the point. I knew he didn't know what on earth he was talking about when he <laughs> said, oh, that's a question for the experts. Because as like the CEO of an airline, you're meant to be an expert, expert in what's yeah. happening. <laughs> exactly. So literally, I think it was a day or two after this uh, press conference that we'd uh, wasted our time at, he came clean and his name is uh, Oda Einstein Fridrikson, um, although he's better known as just Odie. And he is uh, an artist studying for a BA in fine arts at Iceland's University of the Arts. And now mm. all the stuff he created for the airline from the website to the social media to the T-shirts and the, the cabin crew uniforms, it's all part of an art project that's on display display as a, an independent gallery in Iceland. So, mm. I mean, I don't think we ever fully had the wool pull, pulled over our eyes. We were fairly um, dubious about this from the outset. But, you know, to I be mean, fair, it just he... constantly, I don't know, I never bought it, you know, like when I emailed him saying, oh, I'd love to set up a chat on the phone. There was excuses. And um, <laughs> he was like, well, it's not office hours in um, Iceland right now. And I'm like, well, then why are you answering my emails? <laughs> you know, it's just, it was all yeah. everything. 
everything was just like, oh, no, A little no. bit off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, to be fair to the guy, I don't know quite what the statement was he was trying to make, but he did generate a buzz around this. You know, he got coverage mm. in numerous major publications. He got many followers on social media. You know, the video of the press conference, there were only 100 watching the live stream, but I checked I mean, back that a couple of days ago. that was fishy as well when we were like... Um, I think there was like only 11 people attending it and we were two of them. Yeah, definitely. But the the Facebook live stream's now been watched like 10,000 times. So mm. he's Everyone definitely succeeded in voice. creating a buzz. And uh, yeah, well, maybe that, Tom. <laughs> I, I don't honestly know what the purpose of it was, but there you go. It was mm. fake. And uh, if you believed him, then more for you because it was a big fat hoax. Mm. <laughs> So I, I think that's about all we've got time to talk about today, which is a shame because I was enjoying myself. But uh, we <laughs> hope you enjoyed our waffles and we welcome any feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.